coming out there in podcast land. You have set you down once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 177. Holy smokes. Our guest a little bit later on going 10 rounds with Rhino, PFL light heavyweight Tim the Bear Karen. It's a really, really fun interview. Really cool guy. Veterans veteran. Awesome, awesome broad. I really appreciated his uh, his interview. We had a great time. So make sure we check that one out a little bit later on. So APB. Our intro and our schedule is as follows. Yeah, once again, fam, uh, of CSWR, we did not have a UFC to cover. But as we like to say around here, no UFC, no problem. We could have our co-main and main event results from LFA 159 from down in Brazil. The um, results from Lopez versus Conlon championship boxing card from Belfast, Northern Ireland, which I watched yesterday, which was a lot of fun. Our drop of the night, main card picks for UFC Vegas 74, Kaikara France versus Amir Albazi. Some awesome Q&A with some members of the Rhino Gang. And then the aforementioned Tim, the Bear Karen, the PFL light heavyweight, just a couple weeks out from going for the million dollars. Well, not at risk, but, you know, it's a tournament. <laughs> for starting his journey for a million dollars, he's the latest fighter to go 10 rounds with Rhino. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get our swim trucks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. So, from Sao Paulo, Brazil, last night, the LFA 159, the co-main event, Anderson Fieda got the TKO in the first round. Over Junior Luis at 100, like I said, 155 pounds, TKO in the first. And then the 205-pound belt was on the line. Rodolfo Bellato beat, oh boy, Asasio Dos Santos by UD5 in that one. And then the championship boxing from Belfast, Northern Ireland, which was on ESPN+. Plus. The 130-pound belt, IBO World Super Featherweight title was on the line. Anthony Casasi beat Damian Wersniski by UD12. And then lastly, this was a great fight. 126-pound IBO World Featherweight title was on the line. Luis Alberto Lopez and Michael Conlon. Michael Conlon, the local guy. Luis Alberto Lopez coming in road warrior style, you know, in enemy territory. Really put on a great performance. Had a beautiful uppercut that knocked and clean out for a second there, too. Michael Conlon down on the mat. It was an amazing fucking finish. Great work for Luis Alberto Lopez over Michael Conlon in that one. All right. So let's go ahead and get into our drop of the night real quick. I don't know if you're going to have a different one for me, APB, but I sent it to the group chat, our group chat. This one came from Road to UFC, and I'm gonna, I'm really going to try to sound out the name. <laughs> okay. So Ty Yalaki Nuraji had a step-in left elbow from fucking hell that knocked his opponent clean out. Incredible step-in elbow. One of those kind of Matt Brown-style elbows that we all love to see. Huge knockout for him, so he gets my drop of the night. Do you have a different one, APB? No, we'll just have to go with that one. I watched zero fights this weekend. I just okay. drank sangria with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> it is a holiday weekend, and that's totally acceptable, I think. All right, let's go ahead and do our main card picks for UFC Vegas 74. I'll give us started at 155 pounds. I've got Graham Kudelitsi. Beating Jamie, you're full of malarkey, by TKO in the third round. What about you, APB? I have malarkey with uh, TKO in round two. All right. Let's stay at 125 pounds. I've got Karine Silva beating Ketlin Souza by a very clear-cut unanimous decision in that one with her experience in the UFC, seeing her through. What about you? I'm going to go um, Silva with the TKO in round three. All righty. This is such a bummer because I keep looking at my card. I'm like, I've got so many decisions on here, and I know you're not going to have any. <laughs> so <laughs> coming off no, of a very, um, we're going to call it dramatic couple of weeks for Tim Elliott. 
I've got Tim Elliott taking out all that frustration on Victor Alcimariano's face. And I've got Tim Elliott, who's not much of a finisher. I think he's going to get a unanimous decision over Victor Alcimariano in that one. So, Tim Elliott, UD, what about you, APB? Well, yeah, Tim Elliott, he has had uh, some rough time lately. So I think he's going to channel all of it, and he's going to take his rage out, and he's going to get a Darsh choke in round two. Oh, I like that call. And we saw the same thing with Mackenzie Dern, man. She's had a lot of strife and a lot of ups and downs in her uh, last fight game. I think Tim Elliott is going to kind of channel that same rage. Like, you're right. And I think he's going to get that win. All right. At 155 pounds, I've got Jared Gordon, and I'll hate saying this. <sighs> I got Jared Gordon beating Jim Miller. By unanimous, by unanimous decision in this one. I want Jim Miller to win. I, I really do. But I think Jared Gordon's going to get him. So Jared Gordon over Jim Miller by UD. What about you? I'm picking Jim Miller with a rear naked choke in round three. I would love to see that. All right. Moving into Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy versus Daniel Pineda. I got Caceres winning by majority decision. So it's going to be really close. I think one judge is going to have it a draw. So a majority decision, the ultra rare. Majority decision for Alex Caceres over Daniel Pineda. What about you? Caceres is one of those fighters where if I pick him, he loses. And if I don't pick him, he wins. So I'm going to give him another chance. I'm going to pick him for a rear naked choke in round two. And if he doesn't win, then I'm not going to pick him. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fair. He's so <laughs> unpredictable, though, because he'll look so crappy in one fight. And then like his last fight, he had that crazy knockout. And I'm like, oh, why don't you do that every time? Yeah, he is one of those guys who who can literally beat anybody any night and lose to anybody any night. Yeah. Exactly. So then we're going to move into our main event at 125 pounds. I've got Amir Albazi beating Kai Kara France by TKO in the fourth round. That's TKO four for Amir Albazi over Kai Kara France. What about you? I like Kai Kara France a lot. So I'm going to pick him to win by TKO in round two, but I have zero confidence in my pick because <laughs> the other guy's really good i like how you slowed that one down zero confidence yeah. <laughs> all right but man, so, we have a, so we have an awesome q a section uh this week awesome forum let's go ahead and get our first one comes from our homie mma by milliken what do you got for us this week by dude milliken says hey what do you think is next for dern it certainly isn't thug rose I'd really like to see the winner of the upcoming fight between Verna Jandaroba and Tatiana Suarez in August, dude. Um, I think it'll be Tatiana because you and I, you and I both, ABB, were huge. Yeah, Tatiana it's going to be Tatiana. <laughs> so I don't care who she was fighting. I'm like, yep, she's winning. Um, but as far as like, that would be such an intriguing matchup, dude. Mackenzie's jujitsu and newfound hands versus Tatiana's relentless takedowns and ground and pound. I really, really like that matchup. So I hope it gets made. But we've seen a lot crazier things in the UFC than a Thug Rose and Mackenzie Dern matchup actually happening at this point. So I, I would be too quick to be like, there's no way that happens. Cause I think there is a possibility, an outside possibility, but a possibility nonetheless that we can see Mackenzie Dern and Thug Rose next. But yeah, I really think it's going to be the winner of Verna Janaroba versus Tatiana Suarez. And I am really looking forward to seeing Tatiana Suarez versus Mackenzie Dern. I think that's such a fun fight potentially. And uh, yeah, definitely on board with that one. So Milliken, thank you very much, my dude. Make sure you check out his podcast. He is awesome. And our good broski. Thank you, sir. All right. Let's get to our first of two Jimasoon questions that we have in this Q&A. Jimasoon, OG, what do you got for us this week, dude? Jim's first question. He says, what's going on, fucking casuals? A question <laughs> this week is, what the fuck you make of the 300 
$87 million in all profits for the UFC. That's some fucked up shit, seeing how much they nickel and dime everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously... <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, it's always part 20, kids. Peace. So, not really surprised at the historic amount of profit that the UFC has taken on, you know, this quarter or half or whatever. I'm really glad that they have to report those figures and make it public so that hopefully at some point we'll, you know, because it's going to keep on growing. You know, they got the new Endeavor deal. They got the new deal with the WWE. They have all this money coming in from all these different places. At some point, APB, the pressure from us, the fan base, the pressure from maybe um, outside forces will come into play as somehow where they have to start increasing fighter pay and then putting together a healthcare plan for everybody on the entire UFC roster and all of their employees. It's, you know, there's come a point where like, when is enough, when is enough money, enough money, right? Like how much do you have to get? Do you have to get a billion dollars in profit? You know, right now there was, what do you say? 347 million or whatever. Like 387 million. 387 million. You're almost talking about $400 million. Like what is enough? A profit. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. What is enough profit? before you will start making these changes that we have all been clamoring for for all these years. I don't know what the number is, but it certainly better be soon because people are really going to start to try to find their content elsewhere if they keep feeling like our, you know, the fighters that we love and who put it on the line all the time are not getting compensated correctly. So, yeah, I really hope that they keep on making money, but they keep on having record profits. And then finally, something clicks and something switches to where the fighters themselves and the employees of the UFC – can see a significant increase in pay and a full healthcare package. So that is my answer on that one. Big homie, Jim Sue. All right, let's get in our homie struggle face, Tom. Tom, what do you got for us this week, my brother? Tom says, I guess my question is, why is everyone adverse to fun? I didn't realize the BMF title was such a divisive topic. I mean, obviously it's gimmicky, but it's just for fun. Just curious on your and AP's thoughts. <coughs> It started out, most everyone thought the Jorge Nate thing was cool. My guess is it has to do with the hate Jorge got for his political stuff, tarnished it. Dustin and Justin fight is even more fun with that belt on the line. So, yeah, buddy, we talked about it some uh, last week, APB and I did. I think a lot of the backlash has to do with us as MMA fans being, like, hypersensitive about authenticity. We, we, we are fans of a sport that has been, well, first of all, it's super duper young. You know what I mean? We're at like 30 years in of uh, the, the UFC as we know it, even less, really. The outside world always calling it barbaric, cock, human cockfighting, um, equating it to savagery, right? When we know that is a, it is a real high-level sport that is the most authentic form of fighting that there is. Um, I think some of it comes from that. I think some of us being like it, it, belts matter in this, in this sport. You know what I mean? Championships matter at the highest level of sports. And so when you have a belt on the line and I know I'm not speaking for everybody, but I'm speaking for myself for sure. It has to mean something. There has to be an authenticity behind it. It has to be a real prize and something that is worth me investing my emotions into watching it, you know, and seeing what the outcome is like, so that, I think, is where some of the backlash comes from for sure. It's not about Dustin and Justin. I mean, that fight, the first fight was great. They put on so many outstanding performances in both of their careers over time. Um, I'm a huge fan. We've talked about this. I'm a huge fan of both guys. They're both in my top ten. Justin's in my top three of my favorite guys to watch in the UFC. 
and they're both good dudes. I think I, I just, it, it almost takes away from some of the awesomeness that is them to put this belt that has no real, um, no real bearing on anything significant into the mix. Right. You already have a great recipe by putting Justin and Dawson in a cage and letting them fight. That's all you need. You didn't need to sprinkle anything else. It's like making like a really good chili and then throwing some fucking vanilla ice cream in on top or something like that. Like it just doesn't need it, dude. It's not, it's not something that I put a whole lot of stock into. And I think that's part of the reason there's been so much backlash is just, it's not an authentic thing. It's not, it's not significant and it's not serious for what we all think is a serious thing. So that's kind of my answer on that one. APB, did you want to add anything on that? Well, my thing is mostly that they, whenever they brought that up the first time, they said they were insistent that this would be the only time, this is a special thing, we're never going to do this again, and then they, like, do it again. So, it's, that's just really bizarre, and I don't understand why they did that. And then if they were going to bring it back, why wouldn't they bring it back in a way that was more exciting? Because they, they just kind of announced that that was going to be it. There was no build up to it. There was not like, oh, hey, Jorge retired now. So this is up for grabs now. Who wants it? You know, kind of thing. I think they could have promoted it a lot better if they were going to bring it back. back gotcha. to everything you said also. And I can promise you one thing, Tom, my good friend. <clears throat> I am not adverse to fun. We are. KPB and I are tons of fun, okay? <laughs> <We love> fun. <laughs> and I am so looking forward to that fight. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, that I, fight I'm over is going to be fun about for it. sure. Gonna be so good. So, Tom, thank you so much, my dude. Really appreciate you. Thank you for asking the question this week, my brother. All right, let's get into our girl, Jess, the Scream Queen Supreme. Jess, what do you got for us this week, dear? My girl, Jess, says, Okay, I want to know what, if you're a gambling man, are your thoughts on Irene Eldana or Sean O'Malley winning? Who has the better chance? So, I am not a gambling man per se. Um, but when it comes out to this, if it's a question of who has a better chance of dethroning the champion in the upcoming, you know, title fights, I think it's Irina Aldana, dude. I think she has the power and the striking acumen to possibly catch Amanda. And I think that's far more likely than Sugar Sean beating Aljo. I honestly think both champions are going to retain, right? Um, it's a more likely scenario that Irina has a good shot that just happens to catch a man and puts her down and out. I mean, that's very possible. Um, I don't think that's even going to be a, I'm not even going to give him a full puncher's chance for Sugar Sean O'Malley. I think Aljo with his experience, with how good he's looked as of late with his incredible, you know, takedowns and um, groundwork. I think Aljo is going to take Sugar down over and over and over again. And it's going to be pretty dominant. And of course, Sugar could, possibly catch him i just don't see it happening so yeah i think if you're gonna go with who's more likely it's irene aldana rather than sugar sean o'malley but i don't think either one of them are gonna go home with the title that night that's just my take on that one just so thank you very much and since we haven't even said anything about it on the show congratulations on the new baby that's congratulations in a few months a new a new uh little scream queen supreme no no it'll be a scream king Supreme, because I think you are yeah. yes. And I hope you're getting all your pickles, because we know she's been having some pretty crazy cravings. We have <laughs> seen. you're getting all your seen. cravings met. <laughs> I don't even, what was that she did the other day? It was like, it was like Capri Sun with spices and stuff put into it. It was crazy. <laughs> no, a crazy that concoction <laughs> it was of some Who knows, but it's so awesome. And Jess, you know how much we love you, so thank you very much, my dear. All right. Let's get our homie juice. From the Juicy Fruit Baby from Friendly Sparring Pie Juice. What do you got for us this week, dude? 
Juice says, what's up, Rhino and the Rhino gang? You know who this is and what I do. My question this week is a would you rather of sorts. Would you rather have the UFC raise fighter pay by a certain percentage, let's say 10%, to the whole roster or have them extend free benefits like health care or insurance? APB, before I answer this, do you know, you remember like in high school when you had to write a paper and, you know, you left it till like maybe the night before or just a couple of days before and you were really kind of rushing and struggling to get it done. And you use yeah. the same when you read it back and you end up using the same word like way too much in that. Yeah. Fucking paper. This is a prime example of having that happen <laughs> because as I was reading this over, I used the word healthcare about 12 times in two paragraphs. So we're going to try to cut that down and paraphrase what's going on here. So basically, dude, it's a great question and a tough one to decide, but I absolutely am going to go with healthcare, right? Because at the end of the day, that's the most important thing, far more than um, a bigger increase in the pay you take home after a fight. It's it's having full coverage, especially if something catastrophic were to happen where you would need long-term care, long-term rehab, you know, not just for the next five years, but maybe your whole rest of your life, maybe 30 years, right? So I think having a a overall beneficial healthcare plan for all fighters on the roster and all fighters coming in is essential. And I think that's the one that I would absolutely choose. Not only have given the choice between the two, but really if I, if I was given just one option to improve overall, that's probably what I would implement would be some sort of really universal, amazing healthcare package for all the fighters. So that would be my answer on that one. Juicy fruit, baby. Great question. As always, my dude, we appreciate you, sir. All right. Let's get into our girl, Tempting Tori. Tempting Tori, what do you got for us this week? Tori says, there has been a lot of criticism of the UFC as an organization lately, and other promotions are seeing more fans turning their way, especially one. Do you think we could see the UFC ousted as the major promotion in the coming year? Ousted, no. But I do love that the gap in talent, production value, event count are all being closed, right? I love the gap closure um, between some of the other major organizations, especially over the last couple of years. I, of course, I don't foresee the UFC ever being usurped. Yes, if you don't know that word, look it up, because I did. <laughs> I think I think the PFL, Bellator, and 1FC are all can state their case for closing the gap as far as what they're able to product, they're able to put out, but they're not going to be able to take over um, the number one spot because you got to think about it. APB, when you go to the mall or wherever and you line up like a hundred people, would everybody know it as mixed martial arts or people call it the UFC? They call it the UFC if they don't know for sure. Right. So the UFC is just synonymous or wrestling. That's what my mom used to call it. Wrestling. <laughs> you watching what? your wrestling again? <laughs> <laughs> as, mom, that's great. That you brought up. Yeah. That's great that you brought up wrestling because that's kind of the that's kind of where I go with this is that the WWE for you know what 30, 40 years, that was they were number one. And they were by far and away number one. And then WCW, which used to be called NWA, they actually closed the distance and they actually overtook them in the ratings for I believe it's famously 83 weeks. 83 weeks WCW became number one when the NWO was all big um, at that time frame, like late 90s. I don't think we're going to see that from the PFL or from Bellator or from one anytime soon. I think if they do start to close the gap, which they are, I do think at some point we will see the UFCs try to maybe stop resting on their laurels so much, put together some more competitive cards with some bigger names, um, try to make matchups that are more, you know, enticing for us 
the viewer and for maybe to get more casual viewers. We've all talked about having to build stars. They don't build stars very well there. Um, they haven't been able to do that. And again, that's why we're still talking about Connor and John Jones um, because there's just so few stars and there aren't enough new ones coming through. And I think the, the UFC really needs to focus on doing that because I think some of the other organizations do a good job of that, right? Um, so yeah, at the end of the day, I don't think the UFC is in any trouble from being knocked off the pedestal, but I do think the gap is closing and I, and I think that's better for the entire sport of MMA, um, for that happening. So great question as always, Tori. Thank you so much, my friend. All right, let's get into our next one, which comes from our girl and sometimes feeling co-host, the filthy casual FC. What do you got for us this week, dude? Filthy casual says, Hey, Rhino. In a recent interview, Dustin Poirier brushed off concerns around elevation for his rematch with Justin Gaethje, saying, we aren't fighting on Mount Everest. How much of an impact do you expect elevation to have on the upcoming Salt Lake City card? And do you think Gaethje will have a significant advantage as someone who typically trains at elevation? Good question. Yeah, great question, homie. I don't think... I don't think if we're talking about the the first, second, or even third round, I don't think we're going to see much difference. I don't think you're going to see a really um, clear advantage for Justin Gaethje. But if we get into the championship rounds, and the championship is being the BFF, the BMF one of this one, but if you get into the fourth and the fifth, I think we might just see Justin be able to push just a little bit more than Dustin will. And that would be specifically due to the Colorado training versus the South Florida training altitudes. Again, rounds one through three, I think would be business as usual. I think they're both going to come out, trade some hard fucking leather. Justin will have those leg kicks. Dustin's going to push them up against the cage, use some of those uppercuts and some of those combinations. I think one through three, we won't notice a difference. But if it does get to rounds four and five, I do think we may see a little bit of an advantage for Justin. And I think he'll be able to push us a little bit more. And that could absolutely be, you know, be the deciding factor in what takes place because you have such, you have such high level skilled guys. You have guys who have been in there, you know, so many times and are so good at what they do. I think that might be just that small little advantage that Justin needs to get it done. So, yeah, for the third time, rounds one through three, I think there's going to be no no change. Four and five if he gets there, which, you know, is, is anybody's guess. I think we might see Justin push and, and pull ahead at that point. So, yeah, that's my answer on that one, Filthy Casual. Thank you so much, my friend. Great question. All right. Let's get into our homie, the big homie, Jim Asun. For his second question of this go-round, Jimasoon, what do you got for us this week, dude? Jimasoon, number two. What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? <laughs> Rhino and the Rhino gang. Hope y'all are doing well. <laughs> Obviously, the UFC is top of the food chain when it comes to MMA. But who do you think is the second best promotion? For me, it's one championship. You kids know it's always 420. Peace. Great question, dude. It's such a tough one, too. Like, you have to look at it from a few different perspectives. One, are you talking about from, like, full roster? Like, full roster, top to bottom, you know, your number one guy through your number 25 guy in that division? If you are, I got to go with Bellator, dude. Um, and then we're talking about MMA only, you know. Bellator has... I think a better crop of fighters from top to bottom. And let's just leave it like, let's just say 20 guys, 20 guys, 20 gals per division. Bellator has the best overall deepest, most talent rich roster next to the UFC. However, 
if you're talking about like the champions and maybe the number one and number two contenders in each weight class, I'm definitely going with one fighting championship. If you were to talk about promotion versus promotion, like how Bellator would do, how the PFL would do against the UFC, I think it would be the UFC by a landslide. If you're talking about the one FC champions versus the UFC champions, now you're talking about a far more competitive um, matter. So again, roster depth and, and, and talent rich top to bottom Bellator for me is number two. And the PFL doesn't even have enough guys, I think, to really be in the conversation for depth of roster. They just don't uh, because they do it tournament style. So don't have to carry as many guys on, on, uh, on contract. So for sure, top to bottom Bellator, but best overall from the top of the tier talent, one fighting championship without question. So those are my answers on that one, my dude. Thank you very much, Jim and Sue. All right. Oh, and just a little reminder. We love you, buddy. We appreciate you. Thank you, sir. All right. Let's get into our last writing question, which comes from the homie, the Rangers sweet potato from up in Canada way. RSP, what do you got for us this week, my brother? So this question has three separate parts. I'm just going to go one part at a time. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the first part says, uh, from RSP says, Long wait times in between fights is the most common complaint I hear about the current UFC product. If you were an executive producer on the UFC broadcast team, what improvements would you make to create a more fan-friendly product? That's the first part. Dude, I have dreamt of this. I have thought about this so many times over the years, and even more so since the switch to ESPN+. Here is exactly what I would do. And thank you for asking this one. I would put up, you know, you know, on the NBA, you know, you're a big NBA fan, APB, you know, the shot clock, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine the shot clock, but not being for 24 seconds, that would be ridiculous. But a shot clock in the arena with a three minute timer on it. The moment, I don't care if if it's both guys already left at the same time, or if somebody has to be interviewed for post-fight. Um, interview the, as soon as the second guy leaves or the last person leaves out of the cage for, from the previous fight, that three minute clock starts. <clears throat> and much like the Royal Rumble, this is my second pro wrestling <laughs> reference of this one, but just like the Royal Rumble, so you so the three minutes goes off, and then that's when you get your commercials in or whatever. As soon as that, there is a horn or a bell or something. As soon as that three minutes is up, the first fighter walking out for the next fight, his music hits. He starts his walk to the cage. Three-minute fucking warning, bro. Every single time, between every single fight, no long promo packages, no bullshit if someone gets knocked out either in the first five seconds or if it goes to a decision. It is a three-minute in-between fights. Keep the shit fucking going. I'm not going to start getting hot over here. I'm going to start getting hot over here, MPB. Yes, that is exactly what I would do. No exceptions. Pay-per-view, fight night, Contender series, whatever the fuck. That's exactly how I would do it. Oh, yes. So I'm not going to go any further on that. Thank you very much for that first one, RSP. What's the second part, APB? Okay, the second one says bonus round. Which current or recently retired fighters would you like to see added to the analysts and commentary teams? I mean, there's several, but if I only pick one, I got to go with Uncle Chael, man. Chael saw it because oh God. there is. I don't think there... I can handle him. I hate his voice. It's like, nail, he's every... always screaming and I hate it. I don't <laughs> he's always be, screaming I don't want to be me. on every card. Like, I, like, I don't want to watch him every week. But 
sprinkle Chael in every now and again. It's fun. Here's the thing about him. He is not a company man. You know what I mean? He doesn't care That's who you true. are, who he's talking about. He will tell it like he sees it, which sometimes I agree with. A lot of times I don't. But I think he would keep everybody on their toes. And I think it could lead to some pretty exciting. And he knows his shit. You know what I mean? He's been around the game for forever. Super high-level wrestler at Oregon before that. So the guy's been around. Every, he knows everybody. Um, but yeah, I would like to see Chael Sonnen sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes in the broadcast, uh, in the broadcast arena, that'd be a lot of fun. So that's my answer on the bonus round. I believe there is a, I wish, round. yeah, I, I wish it would be Forrest Griffin. That's who I've always wanted to be on there. Cause he's just so funny. He's such a funny dude. I think he would be a really good addition to lighten the mood and all that. Do you know what he's doing right now? What? He's catching people who are getting slapped in that slap fest shit that they're doing. He is. Oh yeah, he's one of the he's one of the catchers of the people who's getting slapped. I wouldn't that know fest. that because I haven't watched any of that. That's I crazy. Either, but I, they but need I to. They could but, find a better way to use him, like put him on the commentary team. I'm sure they do, and I'm sure he does something else. But that's just part of what he does. Is that I see whenever him. we get our whenever we get together and make our our own uh, Rhino FC, we're gonna steal him from them, and he's gonna be our first commentary guy. <laughs> I would love it, and you're right, he is funny. Um, and so yeah, I love that one too. So as far as the lightning round, what do we got from RSP for this one? Lightning round says, who is the best fighter turned commentator ever featured on a UFC broadcast? So there's two that I'm going to go with. One, Randy Couture. Um, he's one of the first pioneers of really, you know, he won titles in two different divisions. He didn't hold them simultaneously, but Randy Couture was a phenomenal fighter, phenomenal wrestler prior to. And I thought he was really good at explaining things, particularly at that time when a lot of people were just learning the sport and becoming new fans of it. He really broke things down very well. Uh, in, in a clear and concise manner. So, yeah, Randy Couture, he's up there. DC has got to be the second one. You know what I mean? Double champ um, w- was able to really do a lot um, with with what he did in his MMA career, obviously winning the title in two different divisions, um, Not never able to beat John Jones. We know that. But I'd say, I'd say Randy Couture and DC are by number probably one and two interchangeable as far as the best fighters who then turned um into the commentary booth did you have a did you have an answer on that one too apb i like paul felder a lot he's probably my favorite one <clears throat> i absolutely like paul felder as well um i like dominic cruz in small doses i like michael <laughs> bisbing most of the time you know what i mean but yeah dude <laughs> they're they've all got their pluses and their minuses you know what i'm saying but um so yeah so those are our answers on that one rsp thank you very much my dude and everybody else who wrote in questions this week. They were awesome, and we appreciate it. So, since we did not have, obviously, we did not have a UFC to cover, we are going right into our 10 rounds with Rhino with PFL light heavyweight Tim the Bear Karen. After a quick word from our sponsor, K&R Designs. Hey, Rhino gang. Are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? Well, look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? 
They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhinos, proud sponsor. Ah, oh, fight fan, we ourselves on a fantastic guest going 10 rounds with Rhino today. 13 and 5 PFL light heavyweight Tim the Bear Karen is here. Tim, thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Dude, we are super stoked to have you on. So, Tim, basically, the first round with Rhino is always the same because I never get tired of it. I love hearing the origin story. What's the background story? How you first got involved in this crazy, wacky world of MMA, dude? You know, I didn't think I'd be a fighter when I first started. Um, honestly, just watching it on TV, uh, Anderson Silva was one of my favorites, and I just always loved watching him. Um, and I was like, you know what? It'd be cool to get in the gym and learn learn these moves, learn how to do some of this. Um, just kind of wanted to get in shape and, I guess, learn how to defend myself, but never in a million years thought I'd be where I'm at today. So essentially, you, just, you were a fan, and then you wanted to try it out as far as, you know, kind of learning it, and then you're like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. I like this. Let's see where we can go. That was exactly it. Um, even my coach thought I was like a, a narc from a different gym. He's just like, <laughs> I was just very good from the start. Um, and, and I'm a very competitive. So once the competitiveness got in me, I was like, oh, I know I want to do this. So it worked Fuck nicely. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. So your next scheduled scrap is June 8th for the PFL regular season four. Every camp is different, dude. You know, I was a professional fighter for a long time. Every camp, you kind of hone in on a different part of your game and you try to shore up certain things. Was there a specific part of your of this camp that you really wanted to kind of level up a certain situation or a specific technique or anything? Or was it just kind of like, you know, I just need to keep building on what I already know? Uh, no, absolutely. Every camp is, we're working on something, especially against um, different opponents. Um, but everyone already knows, uh, it doesn't matter if I say it or not, my weakness is, is my hands. Like, um, I'm not a boxer. Uh, I, I'm very good at stand-up and distance and with my legs, um, but my hands are not my strong suit. But we have been working on that, um, and I feel very, very comfortable coming into this fight um, with, with what we've been working on with my hands. So uh, mixing that in with everything else, I'm very well-rounded. Um, I'm not afraid to go anywhere. It doesn't matter to me. Um, the hands is really the biggest work in the conditioning. We just wanted to make sure we're ready to go five rounds. I know we only got three, but we got to be ready for five. So, Absolutely, my dude. Now, your opponent that night is Impa Kasangane. Now, he's he's world famous for probably not the best of all reasons, right, because he took, like, one of the most spectacular knockouts in UFC history with that spinning kick from uh, Joaquin Buckley. But anybody who has seen him before or since, he's a good fighter. You know what I mean? You can't you know use that one clip the viral sensation that it was as his overall side. So he's a good fighter. Um, when you look at him and when you look at what you're going to have to be ready for, what do you, what are you kind of looking at as far as like, all right, I really need to be looking out for this. I need to be ready for this. What are some, what are some things that he brings into the cage you're going to be looking for? 
Uh, his hands are very good. Um, he's tight. He's he he throws well. Um, he's he's also very well rounded. He's obviously probably very strong um, from everything you see. And yeah, you can't. I don't go off of that one video. Um, I think anybody in that position would have got knocked out by that kick. Uh, right. That was a freak of nature kick I'm in the middle of a fight. <laughs> um, so so really just watching out, watching the hands, keeping my distance. Like like I said, I'm good at the distance thing. Um, so making sure the distance stays um, where I want it, um, and using my my newfound hands and obviously everyone knows about my legs so keeping those legs going absolutely my dude now you're currently on a three fight win streak obviously there's a multitude of reasons as to why but if you had to kind of pinpoint or pick one what do you think is like the biggest reason that you're uh, you know you're riding this really nice three fight win streak right now dude uh you know i i i know it's a win streak the the two one fight was bad, but my first fight that I lost out of that three left fight lose streak was was a bad one. Um, I came back and lost two decisions, but I felt the best I've felt in the cage, um, we, even though I lost those two. So really kind of just putting in the work and knowing I put in the work um, has – and knowing I belong. So so I guess having that mentality of I belong with the top guys in the world, um, and I'm not, I'm not – I'm a veteran of the sport. I'm not um, – not someone that can just they can pick off kind of deal um and just keeping that in my mindset is, is really the only way i lose fights so i love how you, i love how you brought that up dude because and i've talked about this on the show before there is something that happens and it's different for every guy it took me about six or seven pro fights before it really kind of clicked like okay this is what i do i'm i'm supposed to be in here it's not yeah. just i'm not i'm not playing at this i'm really supposed to be in here and that's a big hurdle to climb you know what i mean to get over is to really feel like you belong and that you are comfortable and that you are uh, a part of this thing that we yep. do and it sh and you should be in there so no i'm really glad you brought that up dude. now this is one of my favorite parts about you and this is one of the reasons i reached out to our, our mutual friend sammy tim the bear okay now yep. you are a new england guy there's mm -hmm. a very famous show based in new england called family guy a spinoff yep. of this show was called the cleveland show on the Cleveland show, there was a character named Tim the Bear. Does that have any correlation to why you chose your nickname to be Tim the Bear? Um, no, it doesn't. I had I had no idea that was the thing, to be honest. <laughs> no, uh, I think I was before the Cleveland show, to be honest. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, nope, it had nothing to do with that. Um, honestly, it was a funny story. Well, it's just a weird story. Like, uh, I was in the Air Force and just in the military, and I always just talked like Arnold Schwarzenegger in in his voice. And I always said, ah, big as bear. So when I, <laughs> when I said that, everyone just called me, started calling me big as bear. And then eventually it started dwindling down to bear. Uh, and then I became a fighter and I just kept the name bear. If Arnold was a MMA fighter from New England with a super awesome New, New Hampshire accent, that's exactly what he would say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm from New Hampshire. <laughs> so fucking funny oh my god all right so you, you you know your last few fights were with combat zone and ces you know what i mean um how did the pfl deal come about did you just did your did your um managers get a call one day i mean were there already some talks about the pfl was that on your radar at all or was it just kind of out of the blue um it was a little out of the blue to be honest uh I, i've always i've always been looking to get into the bigger stages pfl um bellator and and ufc those are like the three well one has right. one but that's a traveling one <laughs> um so it's all been on my radar um with the three feet fight win streak with my record and everything i knew something was very close um i thought i might have to defend my title once or twice but um 
my manager Tyson called me up and said, this opportunity is arising. Do you want to take it? And obviously we got less than two weeks and I'm taking it. <laughs> that's a, that's an incredible part about this sport, dude. Like literally, and I, I don't mean to be too dramatic about it, but it really is a life changing thing to yep. go from fighting in the big regionals to, you know, one of the, I do, I do the same thing, dude. And I agree that one is on the same level. But, it, you know, it's it's mostly not domestic. It's mostly, you know, out of the United States. So when you think of the United States and the domestic promotions, the big three, I call them, the UFC, Bellator, and PFL, that's a big deal. I mean, it's a big, life-changing deal. And so I'm always kind of interested and fascinated as to how, like, the tangibles of, like, what actually happened to make this fucking happen. So it was just basically Tyson got a call a couple weeks ago, and you're like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Now we're in. Yeah, well, timing is everything in life. Um, and the timing... <laughs> Timing right now is phenomenal in, in all aspects because the the reason we got the call, obviously, you've probably seen um, people have just been getting kicked off the roster for a little bit because they've been doing naughty things. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. So that's, that's <laughs> kind of giving me this opportunity is they needed fighters and I, I'm re- I was ready. So that's oh, what yeah. it's all about the timing. Oh, yeah, dude. Now, we all have to take some time away. From the training, we got to step away. Sometimes we got to reset. We got to clear our minds. We got to let our bodies, you know, recover a little bit. When you have time to get away from the gym for a day, um, what are some things you like to do just to kind of chill, relax, kind of reset yourself? Uh, I'm a big movie goer. I love movies. Um, I have two kids. I like we like going out playing, going to the parks, things like that. Um, but it's really just family time when I'm not in the gym. What's the last good thing you saw? Uh, Guardians was the last thing I saw. Oh, Guardians of the New Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, it was very oh, good. I've not seen it yet. I saw the first two and enjoyed them very much, but no, I have not seen the latest one at all, dude. No, that sounds awesome. Um, basically, basically, yeah, yeah. Basically, Tim, like, I know that there, it's a lot, really hard for a lot of fighters to kind of wrap their mind around this, but let's just try to try to try to bear with me here. If there was fighting. But it was only amateur. There was no purse. There was no professional fighting. So all fighters would have to still maintain a job and a career in addition to the training, in addition to wanting to fight. What do you think you would do? What do you think your career path would be if you weren't able to make money via fighting? That's an excellent question. <laughs> I'm really, really good at this, dude. I know. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Honestly, before, because I have my own gym now. I opened my own spot. Um but before all this, I, I was really just a factory worker, just kind of doing the factory thing, living the day by day, nine to five, um, paycheck to paycheck kind of deal. Um, so it wouldn't be the best life. <laughs> I'll tell you that. So you think um, factory work would probably be what you would would still be doing? That's that's where I was my whole life, growing Got up you. into this. Yep, that's what I'd be doing. Hey, dude, you're talking to a guy from Detroit where factories are all we know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that is that is absolutely the deal you know every every everybody pretty much you know around here is either somewhat uh involved in one of the car companies and one of the factories or you know something involved in one of the big three autos so yeah dude i totally understand that now here's here's the deal you have all you fought at middleweight many times uh throughout your career now you're moving up to light heavyweight and yeah it's fun to have a little bit extra extra weight you know what i mean it's nice to be able to eat a little bit more but you still have to kind of deprive yourself of some of your favorite things during fight camp in the all the lead up to the fight but if you yep. got to think about like what you're going to eat after you've already won the fight, you know, you got with the friends, your family, your lady, all your, all your fucking parameters are off. You can totally throw down whatever you want to eat. What do you think you're going to get? And where do you want to get it from? My dude. I'm a sweets guy. 
So Ben and Jerry's is always my go-to. Uh, I will always get a Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Uh, I'll drive 20 minutes, 30 minutes to get it wherever I'm at. <laughs> um, or if I, I'll find the best ice cream place there is to get something tasty. Now, what kind of Ben and Jerry's is your favorite? What's your main go-to or go-to's? Half-baked is is my main go-to, um, with his, which is chocolate and vanilla ice cream with uh, brownie bites and cookie dough inside of it. Yeah, dude, I'm a big Ben and Jerry's fan. That's a, that's definitely on my list. I also love uh, everything but the kitchen sink, which oh. is like all kinds of like candy bar pieces and brownie pieces, just all kinds of shit mixed throughout the ice cream, which is fantastic. Just your yeah. standard chocolate fudge brownie from them is really yeah. good too. You're right, fat, half baked is really good. Fish food that's also like, on the fucking list. I love those. Don't I like no, that's a great strawberry pick. cheesecake as well. Oh, I've never had the strawberry cheesecake. It's good. <laughs> I got the Bears recommendation. I'm fucking on it. So, Jim, basically, dude, we have careened our way into the 10th round, which is just the easiest round of them all. Just share your social medias with us, dude, to the, my friends and my family, and everybody can follow along with Tim the Bear and his career moving forward. So what are your social medias, dude? Oh, I appreciate it. So Tim Karen, you can just search that, C-A-R-O-N, on Facebook. Um, on Instagram, it's Tim.TheBear.Karen, C-A-R-O-N. Um, and that's, those are the two that I really use. I don't have any of the other, the other stuff, but you can find me on that. Follow along, follow the progression and see me win a million dollars by the end of the year. Oh, dude, that would be so amazing. <laughs> We're so stoked <laughs> to have that fucking watch that happen. So yes, yeah. fam, that's the Rhino gang. Let's all check out Tim, the bear Karen, both on Instagram and on, was it, was it Facebook? The other one? Yes. Yeah. Facebook and Instagram. Uh, he is going to be fighting here just in a couple of weeks. PFL regular season four against Ipa Kasangane light heavyweight tournament. Ah, oh, dude, we are so stoked to watch you fight, Tim. We can't wait. We're going to be hyper. We're going to be stoked. We're going to be all over it. Oh, my God, dude. I'm so excited for you. Thank you so much for taking the time today. We know how busy it is, like, you know, fight camp leading up to this craziness. So we really appreciate you taking the time to go out and go 10 rounds right on today, dude. And uh, best of luck and best of skill in your fight coming up soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me and be ready for a show. This is Tim the Bear Karen, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Tim, dude, that was so much fun. It, it was funny because when we got up the air, you know, you know how they do a catch line, you know, a catchphrase line at the end, a tagline, which was, I'm so and so, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Tim did his so awesome, dude. It was like such awesome inflection, and it was really fun. It was one of the best, uh, you know, this is Tim the Bear Karen, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino we've ever had. So not only did I say that to him when we were off air, but D Reigns, the best engine there in the biz, texted me this morning. He's like, wow, that's one of the best 10 rounds. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, dude. He knows his shit. So really, really, really appreciate you, Tim. And really can't wait to watch you go for that million dollars, my dude. Thank you so much. All right. Let's get in our shout-outs and our outro to our forum contributors. To our homie MMA by Milliken. To the big homie Jim Assoon for not one, but two questions this week. To our homie Struggle Face Tom. To our girl Jess, the Scream Queen Supreme. To the Juicy Fruit Bammer from Friendly Sparring Pod. To our girl, Tempting Tory. To the Filthy Casual. To the Rage of Sweet Potato. Of course, to my co-host with the mohos that we love so much, APB. To Brat. To Miss Fight Diva. To Sanga. Shannon, Steffi, and Gina from the PRG. Katie, Jason, Chrissy, Monica, and Jillian. My underdog MMA peeps. To Hunter and Dylan from the 24-7 FC in Pittsburgh. My broskies. To Sammy, thank you so much for your help this week. My dude, we appreciate you. To Ashley, the main nerd. To my Rhino Gang GC for your unwavering support. We love you guys. To the feature play, Andrea. To D Reigns, the best engineer in the biz. To Jay, at JMMA4 on Twitter and at JMMA on 
YouTube for his video game content. Awesome, awesome stuff. Another fantastic poster this week. We appreciate you, my dude. I hope everybody has a great Memorial Day weekend. I want everybody to have like a good, relaxing time. And I know it's a long week of work, but let's enjoy it while we have the time off. And remember those who, you know, we're having Memorial Day for. I want everybody to remember that love is greater than hate. And we will see you next week. Cage Side!